Coming up on Locked On Bearcats today, success breeds success. What does that mean for the Cincinnati Bearcats 2022 football team? Plus, if not now, when will a Cincinnati sports team ever win a national championship, a Super Bowl, a World Series, etc.? And Bearcats baseball begins this weekend. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you. Let's try that again. Thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this Friday, February the 18th. It is Friday, and there's so much to get to today. More on the Luke Fickle contract extension. Um, my dad sent me this um, saying, what he thought about, a loyal listener of the show, um, what he thought about Luke Fickle's contract extension, and it's that saying, success breeds success. And I thought about that and wondering what that means for next year's football team. Well, like I've said, I've said this um, on, on a previous show. I've said, let me make sure. There we go. I've said before that next year's football season is going to be the most important season in Bearcats football history. And for another reason, once you break through, there becomes expectations. Once you break through and you show the country and you show, forget the country, the city, you show your campus, you show your school or university, you show your city, there becomes expectations amongst fans, media, any other outside distractions, that's the reality. The Bearcats next year can't just walk into the season and claim, well, we lost a lot of talent and go seven and five. That cannot happen. Sarah's looking for something. That a seven and five record cannot happen. What can happen is, or what what I hope happens is, they lose some talent this year, but they still go ten and two, or maybe eleven and one, or hell, if they're eleven and one, they're probably going to the conference championship game, so that would make them twelve and one. They then go to back to a New Year's Six bowl game for the third consecutive year, and then if they are to somehow win that, you could argue. No, that's that's a terrible argument, actually. I was going to say, well, if you win a New Year's Six Bowl, that'd be more successful than a college football playoff appearance. No, it wouldn't. For a school like Cincinnati that is probably going to be one of those schools that doesn't get into the playoff annually like in Alabama or a Clemson, and I say that even though Clemson missed the playoff this past year and Alabama missed it in 2019, Cincinnati is going to be a school that probably, like Ohio State and like a um, a Notre Dame makes the playoff maybe once every three years, something like that. 
But success breeding success. You hope that what happened last year, you hope that last year's team set a standard for years to come. You hope they set a standard for the next wave of players and the next wave of players and so on and so forth. Luke Fickle talks about how he doesn't want this to just be a five-year thing. No, he wants this to be a 20-year kind of thing. You know, sustained success for a program for 20 years. He talks about being a top 10 program. Okay, well, Alabama's been a top 10 program for the better part of the last 20 years. Um, Texas had, under Mac Brown, an almost 20-year run of being a top 10 program. You know there's other programs that have had sustained success, like Florida under Urban Meyer, um, USC for a while. Alabama's been – it appears has always been the premier football program in the country. LSU has been good. Top 10 programs, that kind of stuff. Oregon had a a few years where they were a top 10 program. Ohio State has always been consistently in a top 10 program. So that's what you want. So that saying of success breeding success, you hope that the next wave of players can come in and just continue to do, continue and feed off of what last year's team did. And you look at, um, one thing Luke Fickle talked about was last year's team, the core of last year's team went through the um, putrid and the adversity, the putridness and adversity of 2017. And having, and this core group of players, they have not been through that. You think about guys like Wilson Huber and, or Will Hubert. You think about Malik Van. You think about um, um, uh, was Malik Van or Trey Tucker or um, Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor. They only know winning. The last four years, the Bearcats have won 11 games twice. 13 games, and then nine games in a shortened 2020 season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So they don't, they aren't used to losing. What happens? Because there's going to be a talent drop-off this year. What happens if Cincinnati loses its first game to Arkansas? It can very well happen. That is going to be a top fifth, that is going to be a top 25 game. That is a game that if the Bearcats lose, they may not sniff the top 25 for maybe the rest of the season or at least a significant period of time. That's a game if you win, then you're then there's going to be people saying, you know what, last year's team was not a fluke. They were in the playoff for a reason. They can beat the SECs and the Big Tens and Notre Dames of the world. But what's going to happen? What is going to happen if they lose to Arkansas and start 0-1? For the first time since, I believe, 2010. What's going to happen if Cincinnati starts out 1-2 and two or is 3-3 three and three at one point? What's going to happen? Because this, this, these group of, this group of players only know success. They only know winning consistently. And they lose on the big stages. Games they're not supposed to win. Games they're expected by outsiders to lose. They're not used to losing games. What what happens if they lose a game to a conference foe that they've beaten by 30 points each of the last four years? What's going to happen if that comes into play? 
there was a and and the the core group of last year's team, they went through it. Even when they were winning, they went through it. The Ohio State loss in 2019 was humiliating. I know it was Ohio State. I know that Ohio State team is probably the best Ohio State team since 2006, maybe. You can ask Ohio State fans about that. Um, so Luke Fickle told his team, so, told that team, they were one and one. They just got beaten 42, gotten beat 42 to nothing. And they didn't play that well against UCLA in week one either. They're one and one. They're playing Miami the next week. And Luke Fickle told his team, you're either a hungry dog or you're a wounded dog. How are they going to respond? That loss was either going to, you know, haunt them and wound them for the rest of the season, or it was going to motivate them. It was going to make them hungrier. And they won their next nine games. And they only lost two more times that year and once each of the last two years. They've only lost four times since losing to Ohio State. There hasn't been a lot of losing in this program. That's a good thing. But what's going to happen if this team hits a rough patch of adversity? Is the core group of this year's team going to be able to respond to that? Success breeds success. You would think that means this Bearcats team goes at least 10-2 and two next year. I think this team can. You know, the recruits are in. Recruiting's only going to get better. Luke Fickle just got a contract extension. But is this team battle-tested like last year's team was? There are going to be expectations going into the season. Once you make the college football playoff, there are expectations. There's also a question. Once you break through, if not now, when? And another, another major program on campus, obviously men's basketball. There wasn't a lot of losing going on for nine years. But the same way expectations are now created for the Bearcats football team, so too they were for the Bearcats men's basketball program. And more often than not, they let me, you, and others down. I'll get to that next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, I got to tell you about betonline.net because football might be over for this season. It's unfortunate. But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball because BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Friday, February the 18th of 2022. Um, so there's a saying, and I, and I said this earlier this week, and I didn't really touch on it. Um, Monday was kind of chaotic day for me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it now. So Gamble and Finn, who host a, well, you, you maybe listened to them last night on 700 WLW. Gamble and Finn. Loved those guys when I worked at 700 and iHeart Radio since iHeart Media Cincinnati. They host a uh, Thursday night show uh or at least on Thursday nights that they are able to host at 9 to midnight called the Reality Check. Great show. Um and the Thursday before the first Sunday of the NFL season. They um it was Tom Gamble who's a legend in Cincinnati sports radio. He's done a lot. So Tom Gamble 
and then Fred Finn is his co-host. Tom Gamble posed this question. This was specifically related to the Bengals, and it stuck with me throughout the throughout the season. If not now, when? And going into the season, you remember, and James and Jake, I'm sure, have talked about this on their on their show, Lockdown Bengals. James Rapine and Jake Lisko. You know, the Bengals and Zach and Zach Taylor's first two seasons only won six games, but you saw the potential last year. Joe Burrow's rookie season, and then this offseason, they've signed all these free agents. They drafted Jamar Chase, and they have these expectations. Zach Taylor's basically on the hot seat going into the season needing to win games, strictly win games. Well, how's going to the Super Bowl for you? Never did any of us expect that. Hell, there was a poll. I think Mike Sando of The Athletic did this. Um, wrote an article, executives ranked the 16 teams in the AFC. The Bengals were number 14. Well, they were, the, they were AFC champions. How's that for you? So, but but if not now, when? If, you're not go- if, if the Bengals weren't going to win this year and really get the fan base and the city behind them, when they were they ever going to? Joe Burrow's on a rookie deal. They have Jamar Chase. They have all these free agents. They have all this cap space. You know, they've they redid a lot of the fan experience aspects to, you know, the franchise. When were they going to break through if not this year? Cincinnati, the Bearcats. You felt like if they weren't going to make the college football playoff this year, when were they ever going to? Now, I think early in the season when they when the announcement came down, that or that's a terrible way to say it, when it was announced that the Big 12 was going to admit Cincinnati and Houston, UCF, and BYU for expansion, that gave you the feeling, at least it did for me, okay, you know, if the Bearcats don't get in this year, because it, it was going to be very difficult for Cincinnati, excuse me, to make the playoff, given they were there were all these Power 5 teams, and that means that only three Power 5 conferences were going to have teams in the playoff, and a group of five teams, they were going to have to do this, this, and this, in addition to going undefeated. Think about that. This, this, and this, meaning blow out every team. Have this these teams lose. You know, have a two-loss Power 5 champion here. The ACC absolutely sucking this year. The ACC just being a, a total... You know, down year for them. And then it happened. And it was great. Two lost Big 12 champion. The Pac 12, virtually irrelevant. Sorry to any locked on hosts of the Pac 12. But that conference didn't have a great year. They were basically, they were punted from the playoff when Oregon lost to Utah. So Cincinnati didn't make the playoff. But there are now expectations. Once you break through, and let me tell you, and I said this yesterday. It was fun living through a Bearcats college football playoff run and a Bengals Super Bowl run. The excitement from the end of July through mid-February, that's a long time. Like, it feels like last July was a, a year, like two years ago. That's how much fun, extensive, long, how many years it's taken off my life this has been in football season. But now that they've broken through, when you break through and the, the special feeling that it gives you, Foreigner wrote it best in their song, Feels Like the First Time. One of my favorite Foreigner songs. When it feels like when, it, when the first time something happens, like remember when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016? And I'm not a Cubs fan, being from Cincinnati. Let me tell you something. I rooted for the Cubs to win that World Series because of the story. 
And it felt like the first time they'd won, not, because they, they'd won two World Series before, 1907, 1908, but it felt like the first time they'd won the World Series because most people had not seen that. And because of the long history of the Cubs and because of the long drought and the curse and everything else associated with it, it felt so special. It felt so special for Cincinnati to make the playoff. It felt so special for the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. But now that you've been there, A, there are expectations created because now that you have been there, the expectation from the outside that this team can get there, and B, if you don't get there and you fall short, it's going to sting and it's going to sting even more because you should go back. If the Bengals go to the playoffs next year and if they lose in the wild card round, good Lord, this city might – I don't know what. If the Bengals go to the playoffs and lose in the divisional round, it's not nearly as bad as just making the wild card round, but um, as losing the wild card round. But yeah, they would they will have fallen short. They will have fallen short. If they go back to the Super Bowl now, there's still something to be chased here. The Bengals still have not won a Super Bowl in franchise history. The Bearcats still have not won a national championship in, in football. But think here's another example: men's basketball. Um, that nine-year stretch of nine straight NCAA tournament appearances. The, the Bearcats broke through in 2012 after the you know ugly departure of Bob Huggins, Andy Kennedy for one year, and Mick Cronin taking over a ruined program. He brings it back from the ashes, has the team in the tournament by his fifth season. They win a game that year. Next year, they go to the Sweet 16, come within a game of winning the Big East tournament. They lose to Louisville in a very ugly game. Um. They go to the Sweet 16. They upset Florida State. They 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 um they gave Ohio State all they could handle for most of that Sweet 16 game. They were up four points in the second half, and they had broken through. They had broken through. But every subsequent year after that Sweet 16 run, they the Bearcats did not go back to the Sweet 16, and they did not reach maybe some of your expectations. We all remember 2018, how good that Bearcats team was. All throughout the season, I kept hearing, this is a Final Four caliber team. This team can play in the second weekend. This team can whatever. I'm sitting in the student section at one game. I forget what game it was. May have been Temple, may have been Houston, may have been Tulsa. Uh, Might have been Wichita State for that matter. I remember sitting in the student section. And I'm thinking to myself, all these expectations and all this potential, but what's going to happen if the Bearcats lose in the second round of the tournament again? They lost in the second round in 2015, in 2017. They had lost in the first round in 13, 14, and 2016. But this was the year that they were finally going to really break through and get to that first Sweet 16 since 2012 and maybe make their first Final Four since 1992. And when they lost to Nevada, just the feeling of, you know, just the finality that this is how this season, like every other season before, was going to end. And it really, it, it hurt. It, it, it was not a good night for any for any Cincinnatian. Xavier had been knocking on the door. They broke through with an Elite Eight appearance just the year prior. 2019. Bo Egger, um, ESPN 1530-700-WLW, penned this article for The Athletic. 
the Bearcats lose to Iowa in the first round of the tournament. Now, that team was not as good as the team the year before. That team made the NCAA tournament. Maybe some of you thought they weren't going to make it. I thought they were. But that team wasn't supposed to really do any damage in the NCAA tournament. But because they had such a great season, because they had Jaron Cumberland, because they had a great draw in the first round, or so we thought, against Iowa in Columbus. I was at that game. Great atmosphere. So many Bearcats fans at that game. Um, they lose in the first round, and it's like, why? What, what's what is what's worth getting our hopes up every time this team makes the NCAA tournament if they're just going to lose every single year in the first weekend? There comes a point in time where you break through and you have these expectations and you keep going back and the same results keep happening, and that is the very definition of insanity. And you wonder, if not now, when? Cincinnati, I don't think they would have made the Sweet 16 that year. They would have played Tennessee in the second round, which I think would have been a really interesting game. Cincinnati beat Tennessee the next year. I don't know if Cincinnati would have beaten Tennessee that year. I do know this. If they would have beaten Nevada in 2018, they would have played Loyola-Chicago. That would have been a favorable matchup. And then they would have played either um, Kansas State or Kentucky in the Elite Eight. And even if they had lost that Elite Eight game, at least, hey, they went to the Elite Eight for the first time since 1996. That's something you can get behind. Once you break through, there are these expectations. Basically, what Mo Wegger said, I kind of danced around my point there. Mo Wegger said, yes, you know, balancing the, you know, of making the tournament every year, but then coming up short, even when you're not supposed to go far. What's the point of a team making the NCAA tournament every single year for nine straight years, and yet you only produce one sweet 16. You can say whatever you want about Kentucky. You can say whatever you want about Gonzaga. Fun fact, Gonzaga has made the sweet 16 every single year since 2015. That, my friends, is consistency at a high level. Mick Cronin took the team to the NCAA tournament. But again, every year the Bearcats fell short, you just grew more and more frustrated because you saw them break through in 2012. If not now, when? If not this year, will the Bearcats ever win a national championship in football? If not this year, will the Bengals ever win a Super Bowl? It's questions worth wondering. Even though they weren't supposed to go to the college football playoff or go to the Super Bowl, the fact that they were there and had chances to win, I don't care if they were supposed if the Bearcats were supposed to lose to Alabama. They were and they did. I don't care if the Bengals were underdogs against the Rams. They had the Rams right where they wanted them in the third quarter. Who knows if the Bearcats will ever get back? I think they will. And if the Bengals will ever get back to the Super Bowl, I think they will. You still have to ask yourself, if not now, when? More next here on Locked On Bearcats. But first, you know, this is that time of year where I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. Then again, I don't make New Year's resolutions, so I'm not a part of that club. Um, but if I did make a New Year's resolution this year, I would have I would have um, kept at it because a built bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Bilt Bars. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high in protein. They replace your candy bars with these because they're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Bilt Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and net carbs each, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs each. 
At Bill Burr, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Friday, closing out the week. Um, Bearcats baseball is starting up this weekend, and I college baseball is interesting to me. I was not a co- I was not an avid college baseball watcher before I began as a, before I started as a student at, at Cincinnati. Um, I did watch the College World Series because it was the World Series. Championship is on the line. Of course, you want to watch that as a casual sports fan, which we if you're a sports fan, you're at the very least a casual sports fan. So um college baseball, and I knew of the Bearcats history when I got there. They had not made the NCAA tournament since 1974. I didn't really feel like a lot of people, you know, were gonna care about Bearcats baseball a lot, but as I progressed as a student through there in my years, the passion for Bearcats baseball is it's come along. And because they made the NCAA tournament in 2019, and I always felt like, you know, Cincinnati loves their baseball. The Reds, you know, the, the Reds have done so much for the community in recent years. And high school baseball is big in this city. You have, you know, the high school showcase. You have so many, um, so many um, great players that have come through this city. Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Larkin, Ian Happ. Those those players. Ian Happ played at UC. Kevin Euclid. And I'm like, if the Bearcats can never get good again in baseball. If the Bearcats can never get good, just think about, you know, what the passion for baseball is going to be like. New head coach Scott Guggins has come in in five seasons. I'm sorry, four seasons. He's done a lot. Last year, the Bearcats finished fourth in the AAC. They swept Tulane to finish up, to close out the regular season, and that's created these expectations. They're picked to finish third in the AAC, and we talk about going to the Big 12. Baseball is going to benefit from that too. You know, your college baseball powerhouses are, yes, in the SEC, the ACC, Louisville just down the road, um, out west in the Pac-12. You have UCLA, you have Oregon, you have Oregon State. You have um, Arizona State, Arizona. But the Bearcats are now a part of that. The Bearcats are now a part of that. Maybe. Because they have done well. When I got there, you know, I was like, is Bearcats baseball even that big of a deal? And they were mediocre my first year. Second year, they didn't start out very well. They were treading water throughout the season. Then they go on this magical run to the NCAA tournament. And people cared. Like, I'm on Twitter and Dan Hort's talking about it. Chad Brendel's talking about it. It was a big deal. Like, like it was, you know, it, it captivated the, the community of, of, of Clifton. And then they win the tournament game. They win a tournament game. They beat Oregon State, the national champions. They go toe-to-toe with Michigan. That team finished runner-up in the NCAA tournament that year. People started to care. And then it started costing money to go to, you know, to games, season ticket list. 
Bearcats baseball is now being advertised on 700 WLW. It's now a pretty significant deal. Um, so Bearcats baseball opens up this season. They're picked to finish third in the AAC. Um, they go to Florida Gulf Coast this week. Uh, this weekend, Friday at 6.30. Saturday is a, a doubleheader game one and one, game two at 4.30. Sunday at 11 a.m. game on February 20th. So right before the Bearcats face Temple in men's basketball, you can watch um, Bearcats baseball. The pitching matchups, Tristan Weaver for the Bearcats will start on Friday. Garrett Harker in game one on Saturday. Alex Shea in game two on Saturday. And then Aiden Bradbury for game uh, four, or game, game four of the series on Sunday at 11. Cincinnati has the preseason AAC player of the year in Paul Comistec. Paul Comistec last year, I mean, he was a, if I can find it. Um, Comistec last year hit 364, uh, slugged 599, was on base 46% of the time. That led all UC base players and baseball players in 2021. Uh, their outfield, all three outfielders, Griffin Merritt, um, Cole Harding and Paul Comistec, all named to the AAC preseason first team. This is the highest UC has been picked to finish in the conference since joining in 2014. Um, Scott Guggins returns for his fifth season. There, there are some expectations this year. And if you can have baseball do some good things going into, you know, when UC joins the Big 12, that can even be – that can be more critical for a university. Um, Bearcats and Temple on Sunday at men's basketball. Another crucial game. You have to win these games to separate yourselves from the other bottom teams in the conference to get a good seat going into the conference tournament. We'll have a full recap of those games, Wichita State and Temple, on Monday's show. Go back and look at Bearcats baseball from this past weekend. More on Luke Fickle and football. The combine approaching uh, we'll start taking a look at Dame Brugler's prospects list. Always a great read. Um, Combine is coming up. So many great things coming up. Uh, spring football starts up soon, and you can catch all of my thoughts and analysis here on Lockdown Bearcats, where we thank you for making us your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, your boy Q and the expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's N N A T I. You can also follow me on Instagram, Alex Frank, not underscore and email me at Alex three Frankie gmail.com. Thank you for making lockdown Bearcats. Your first listen every day. I'm Alex Frank for lockdown Bearcats. Have a great weekend. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy. And I will talk to you on Monday.